Joseph Radio presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world. Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. You are listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are broadcasting live from the realm of the West in St. Charles, Missouri, right across the river from St. Louis. And my name is Kieran Nolkemper. I'm thrilled to be your host today. And in our studio with me is our special guest, Father Anthony Wick. He is back by popular demand. He's been on our program several times now, and I am excited about today's topic. We will be looking at the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, looking at these two hearts. Why are they compelling? How do they impact our faith? So I'm excited and Father, welcome, and thank you for being thank here. Thank you very much. It's yeah. a joy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And like we always do, why don't we just go ahead and open our program with a prayer? Absolutely. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, we ask for your blessings upon us today that we may be led through the Immaculate Heart of Mary into the Sacred Heart of Jesus, to there be restored, to there be cleansed, there, from there to be sent out to bring your news, your good news, your liberating life to all those to whom we come in contact. We ask, Lord, that you bless us this day and draw us evermore into that sacred heart of Jesus through Mary's immaculate heart. All this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much. And uh, as many of our listeners are probably aware, today is the feast day, the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So this topic is very appropriate uh, given the timing. And so I'm just thrilled that I have you here. We have you here to uh, unpack this a little bit more and to share with us. Um, I know going back, I'm thinking back growing up, um, I saw my parents' house, my grandparents' house. I know a number of Catholic friends had that same experience where we saw the two pictures, mm. the one photograph right. of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and then the other photograph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I think those were prominent pictures in, in many Catholic homes uh, growing up. Yes. And so I love just um, to uh, for you to kind of explain a little bit, just kind of give us a context, if you will, a historical background, sort of set this up. Where uh, did these devotions come from? And then I have a number of other questions for you, too. So if you could just kind of tee it up a little bit and give us some context on these beautiful Beautiful devotions. Certainly, certainly. So the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary 
are always posited together. So yesterday we celebrated the great solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary today, the day after we celebrate. Back from the earliest beginnings of the church, we realized that the sacred heart of Jesus is so important to develop um, a, a devotion to. In other words, uh, Jesus bears his heart on the cross. He shares his heart and Mary ponders all things in her heart. We see these references in scripture that the heart, which is the center, not only of the affect, but of the will of, of every aspect of the whole person of Christ is summarized in his heart, the heart that he offers to the world. St. Gertrude, some 1,400 years ago, had mystical visions, uh, Benedictine that she was, uh, of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This, this path developed um, over the centuries to, especially in the 1600s, we have St. John Eudes developing a uh, whole spirituality of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He's 1601 to 1680. He founded two different religious congregations, Our Lady of Charity, and also the Congregation of Jesus and Mary. And there he <coughs> points out that through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we can enter into the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We adore Mary, excuse me, we venerate Mary um, as Mother of God first, and then our own Mother secondly. But we adore Christ, we adore Christ alone present in her. So she models for us what it is <coughs> to live within the heart of Jesus and respond to the heart of Jesus. What a wonderful spirituality. in the the 1670s, we then have the most famous of uh, revelations of our Lord uh, revealing his sacred heart to Margaret Mary Alacoque. And her spiritual director was a Jesuit, I'm proud to say, <coughs> and he was critical in the devotion uh, and the spirituality, I should say. The Sacred Heart spirituality is more than a devotion. It's not one devotion among many devotions. It is the devotion, really, getting to the heart of God's self-revelation. <coughs> so, uh, since then, we've had um, our the angel as he's preparing the children of Fatima for the for the coming of Mary. He uh, the angel speaks to the children and uh, speaks about the sig uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I even have a couple quotes here, which I thought are fascinating. So this is 1916. The angel says to the children, "The hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your supplications." Pray, pray a lot. The sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs of mercy upon you. And then to Sister Lucia, uh, uh, before she was sister, but uh, as a little girl, Jesus wants to use you to make me known and loved. He wants to establish devotion to my immaculate heart in the world. To those who accept it, I promise salvation, and those, and those souls will be loved by God as flowers I have placed to embellish his throne. My Immaculate Heart will be a refuge in the way that leads you to God. The Immaculate Heart of Mary is always a gateway into the Sacred Heart of Jesus. There is a great difference between these two hearts. Though they pump in unison, if you will, <laughs> there's a great difference also between them because we have a divine heart. We have a heart that is filled with the divine intensity, so a, a physical organ that Jesus, 21 days, uh, after 21 days within the, the womb of Blessed Mary, uh, 
began to pump. The first physical organ of a human being is the human heart. And, but this is, a, this is a divine, this is the divine person of God huh? with a human heart. And so it's, the, it, it's, it's loving with divine intensity. And Mary now receives the cells, actually, of this heart of Jesus. I don't know if you know about this, wow. uh, but there's a wonderful new science discovering mm-hmm. called fetal mycoshimerism, where every mother carries the cells of her mm-hmm. child with her in her body during her whole life and so mary would have carried these divine cells (laughs) of jesus throughout her body even though she was uh, a mere human and a perfect human yes by the grace of god but a mere human and so we're we're seeing a tremendous um this this integration of the human within the divine mary models that for us she's the model of what it is to be christian so it's just a phenomenal, beautiful spirituality inviting us to a, a spirit of, of sacrifice, really. Mm-hmm. So we need this, this spirituality, not simply a devotion to the Sacred Heart, as a renewal of Catholicism, as a renewal of Christianity, because it emphasizes the Mass's sacrifice. It emphasizes our role of responding to this amazing proffered love of God who wants us to enter into his heart and begin to love with the love of his heart, as does his Blessed Mother. So she models for us what it is to be human and how to give that complete response to the Sacred Heart of Jesus as a human. I love that. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, what a great witness. And like you said, as a human, modeling that behavior Mm, for us. Absolutely. And I was wondering, I just wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about, too, Scripture in terms of where we uh, see Jesus's heart in Scripture, where we see Mary's heart in Scripture. If you could just elaborate a little bit more and and point us in that direction. Certainly, certainly. So we have have accents, you could say, in, in Scripture of Jesus speaking about his heart and his when his heart is troubled, he's moved in his heart. This is the this is the locus. This is the center of his choice to always love the Father. His choice for the Father in everything. So the whole the everything about Jesus, his whole source of motivation comes back to his heart. This is a man, this is a, a a man, God, uh, in love. He's a man in love uh, with his father. So the, the divine person of, of the son here uh, is, is always focused on the father and doing the father's will. Jesus speaks about his heart many different times. Um, sometimes his heart is sorrowful. Uh, and then at the, at the crucifixion, as he surrenders himself completely, he allows that this sword, this lance from a soldier, come into his heart. And St. John says this was the most amazing thing. He says, and an eyewitness has witnessed this. And what his, his testimony is true. He's so excited about this because it's like to the very end, Christ gave his very last. Huh? And there's Mary there below in her immaculate heart, her pain pained immaculate heart that Simeon promised a sword would pierce. We often show her with seven swords piercing her heart, the seven swords, seven wounds of of her life, of surrendering more and more to the plans of God within her. And so she opened up her heart to receive at the incarnation uh, God's plans and to receive God himself, now become incarnate, joining humanity to himself in her womb. And God kept asking for a greater and greater yes. He asked for a complete yes at the incarnation. She gave it. Uh, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. And she 
then her, throughout her life, God kept asking more and more of her um, to the point where at the foot of the cross, she's asked to give up her son and to take John, the beloved disciple, and you and I as disciples, as her new children. And we as children are to take her as our mother, as our mother who models for us what it is to enter into the heart of her son. So, wow, there's this amazing, the divine and human interchange is what we're really admiring and focused on and amazed at. When we think of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we're talking about the divine and human interchange and how the dance of creation and recreation of redemption happens here. You and I remain human. Mary's only human. She's, she doesn't even have a divine spark in her. Not, <laughs> but, um, uh, but she models for us, blessed is she among women, she, blessed is she among men too, <laughs> because she models for us what it is to be human. She's at the very heart of the church. The church is a, a creation of God. She's at the very heart. We need to get closer and closer to her. Right next to her, of course, is St. Joseph, who uh, who lives out all those, those uh, values and virtues of hers in a masculine way. So that's the heart of the church. Mary and Joseph are at the heart of the church. The church is created by God, uh, but they... If we're living within the church and closer and closer approximating the heart of the church, we will be living within the heart of Jesus. In other words, we ourselves will be drawn into the heart as Jesus wishes. He has this great desires for us to, to be drawn into his heart, to be renewed, restored, and to be sent out. And now we live an apostolic spirituality which embraces sacrifice, sacrifice for sinners. If we're living within the heart of Christ, we also want to offer up our lives for Christ. Yeah. Very, very, very well said. Thank you. And I'm wondering, I was listening as you were speaking, to be renewed, restored, and sent out. Boy, that's so important for all of us as we look at evangelization. How do we evangelize others, and how do we renew, re restore our own hearts, and then be sent out? I was just wondering in terms of, like, some practical advice. Do you have some thoughts that come to mind in terms of how we can do that um, yes. in our own lives. Yes. So we have to give a testimony in our faith now. So we are entering into a more apostolic age. It's no longer the case where Catholicism and culture are somewhat intertwined, that we Catholics are well-respected and appreciated by the culture in which we live. As the culture becomes more secular, there's more and more tensions involved, and the bishops are finding this out and having to um, discuss difficult topics um, with each other and make statements on what it is to, to live out authentic spirituality, authentic Catholicism. What does Eucharistic coherence mean? And we have to give a testimony to our faith. 1 Peter 3.15, give a testimony to the hope that is within you. So as mothers and fathers, to our kids and our grandkids, we have to reach out to them that they know what motivates us, what um, fills us with love, what changes our hearts. So... Um, that is really important that you and I give a testimony to our faith. Don't just live it, but we have to share it. We have to share our faith. Um, yes, yeah, that, that makes sense. To, to live and share our faith, absolutely, to give a testimony. I think it's so important then that really speaks to um, being recatechized. And we ourselves need to uh, further evangelism. We need to, to learn and read and study. And it's incumbent upon us to really take advantage of all the rich resources that we have at our fingertips, uh, not only through our, our priests and pastors, but also great resources like St. Joseph's Radio and St.
St. Joseph's yes. Evangelization Network. Yes. And it's really incumbent upon us to really um, stay close. And I think that's so important. We shouldn't uh, expect to be spoon-fed, but it's this active, uh, active faith where we're on our knees in prayer adoration, but we also need to study. We need to uh, search out wise counsel in addition to studying and to really uh, support one another in our journeys so that we can be renewed, excuse me, renewed, restored, and then sent Beautiful, forth. Beautifully said. I would like to add that as as St. Paul says, our battle in this world of today is not against flesh and blood, individuals who are oppressing the church, individuals who uh, are very much caught up in a secular culture, our battle is against principalities and powers. And so we have to enter into this spiritual battleground and make reparation and offer reparation for the sins of the world, which are more and more pronounced and, and very much greatly offensive to the hearts of, of Jesus and Mary. But we're given this grace to to offer this reparation, um, to live this reparation, and the Holy the Holy Spirit will draw us into the heart of Jesus, which will always point us towards the Father. It's a very Trinitarian spirituality, truly. It's not only Jesus, the Son, made incarnate's heart. It it it's the Holy Spirit who draws us into that heart, and that heart always is is filled with love for the Father. So it's a entering into the dynamic of the Trinity of the Holy Trinity. Very true. Very well spoken. I want to unpack that a little more in just a moment. But first, I just want to remind our listeners that at this time, you are listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are the Rome of the West, and we are broadcasting live from St. Charles, Missouri. So, and my host today, excuse me, my guest today, I'm the host, my guest today is Father Anthony Wick, and he comes to us not only, he has, he has two hats, he comes to us from the White House Retreat Center, where he leads many retreats out there, but also from Kenrick Glennon Seminary, where he teaches and leads a spiritual direction uh, at our seminary here in St. Louis as well, too. And we are blessed and thrilled to have Father with us as we continue to learn more about the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So uh, please continue as you were talking about uh, the Trinity, and, and I need Cer to squeeze in that station break. So thank C you. Certainly. Uh, there's a wonderful quote from the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith in 2001. It's on a, a document on popular piety. and. There we read from the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, understood in the light of Scripture, the Sacred Heart of Jesus denotes the totality of His being, the principal saving mystery. The Sacred Heart is Christ. So when you get to the heart, uh, you're this this heart that's that's pierced, this heart that's crowned with thorns, this heart that's shown on fire and fire for the love of His Father. That's the that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, firing up his heart uh, continually for the Father. That's the whole saving mystery of who Christ is. Huh? Um, so the heart we're speaking of here is more than a physical organ. We're not just speaking of one physical organ. Uh, and it's more than a, an affective spirituality or sentimentality. Oh, no. It's a, it's a blood-pumping muscle. It's a symbol of charity. It's, it's the source of his total self-gift to surrender everything and he gave everything over to us. Uh, and it's a heart that makes itself vulnerable, vulnerable to us. It's a heart that thirsts. Jesus thirsts for us. So it, when he proffers his heart, it's a thirsty heart. He wants us to enter into that heart so that we can offer our lives as a sacrifice, as a gift. We're called into that same giftedness. Let me unpack that just a bit. Luther 
Martin Luther had only a descending notion of Eucharistic spirituality, that the Eucharist somehow comes from God, heads, uh, moves towards the community, the community is the center, it is the focus, and there's no responding movement, no ascending movement back towards God. And so it makes the sacrifice of Christ unreachable for us. It's unattainable. We don't live within the sacrifice of Christ. We receive the fruits, the merits, the, the gifts. We're like overwhelmed by the blessing of, of receiving Jesus and his love and his mercy and his redemption. But there's no response of living within that heart of Jesus where we too live out this sacrifice. So we have the holy sacrifice of the mass. And it's a holy sacrifice not only because Jesus is offered to the Father, but you and I are offered with Jesus to the Father. And not only that, but our sacrifices and our sufferings are offered with Jesus to the Father for the redemption of the world. The mass is absolutely critical for the redemption of the world. And this responding, this ascending spirituality is key for us today. We need, it, we need to revitalize our faith by entering into that sacrificial notion of, of making holy the things of this world by entering into the heart of Christ. So the mass is sacrifice needs to be much more emphasized and understood and lived out lived out. So I'm receiving this sacrifice, uh, nourished by these amazing gifts of God, and that allows me to offer my life as a sacrifice. Or in the words of St. Paul, Romans 1, offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice to God. We can't do that on our own, but if I receive the, the sacrifice of Christ, if I allow his blood to inundate my blood, wow, you and I, Karen, we can offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, as a holocaust that is so welcome to the heart of Christ. It's so welcome that, that we would offer ourselves as gift also. And when we offer ourselves like that, we find ourselves. Absolutely. Beautifully said. I love that. And again, getting back to the critical mass and how beautiful it is and that's so needed for the redemption as you were saying and I love it when I see people going up to receive communion and and the reverence where they're bowing their heads and they're they're praying and I, I love to see more of that that reverent reception as people become more and more aware I know you had briefly just mentioned about um, Eucharistic coherence and I know that's something that the bishops are, are uh, talking about right mm -hmm. now etc but again getting back to uh, educating the lay faithful about why we believe about the mass it's so beautiful and so relevant and so critical as you were you were just saying a moment ago so I'm looking forward to um, I see this happening at various parishes where people are explaining the mass and then also coming in the door here at uh, St. Joseph's radio I saw some wonderful resources some DVDs and CDs on the mass really unpacking and educating folks about what's going on during the mass and yes. answering questions critical questions like why be Catholic and, and again getting yes. back to uh, what's happening in the mass so I'm just excited that we do have those resources out there to help us further um, engage in the mass with our hearts it's not just going through the motions but we're actively involved we're actively participating in the mass so I love um, your thoughts too in addition to how can we continue to draw people into the mass and and, and get them uh, actively involved yes in the Old Testament we have if I were an Old Testament priest, I would be involved in a whole hemorrhage of blood. I would be offering animal sacrifices. You would be offering me animals uh, for as a sin offering. I would have to cut the throat of the animals, take some of that blood, pour it around the altar of the temple in Jerusalem. 
there was a it was a virtual hemorrhage of blood the the sacrifice all the sacrifices that happened in the temple of Jerusalem it, it is said that you could if you were making a pilgrimage to that temple of Jerusalem in the time of Jesus and before, you could smell the temple before you actually arrived there. Mm. <laughs> You'd smell all that blood and you would also smell the roasting flesh of all mm. the animals that were um, offered up there. And so we no longer have that. We finally have the lamb that once and for all would take away our sins. Yes. So, so there was a virtual hemorrhage. There was a bloodbath of the Old Testament. Well, I would posit that there still is a bloodbath. And now it's the blood of Christ. And you and I need to be constantly refreshed and renewed in the blood of Christ. I often give as a penance to people. You might not want to come to me to confession because this will be your penance. Um, I often give as a penance for people to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, and I ask them to pray it in this way, though. When they pray that prayer 50 times of speaking to the Father for the sake of his sorrowful passion, for the sake of your son's sorrowful passion, mm -hmm. have mercy on us and on the whole world. I say, don't pray that like begging for mercy from a distance, but I want you to experience the mercy. I want you to put yourself at the foot of the cross with Mary and John, and I want you to imagine that blood of Christ flowing over you and through you to the whole world. It's restorative. It not only cleanses me, but it strengthens me. So for the sake of his sorrowful passion, he's having mercy on me. So to the Father, for the sake of your son's sorrowful passion you're having mercy on me and on the whole world use the same words of the of the don't don't change the words of the chaplet but make the spirit of it make it a gerund make it happening that you're having mercy on me and on the whole world that's exactly what the world needs that blood converts that blood marks gospel at the very end when when the the soldier pierces he sees huh he sees what's really going on huh he sees this this is this is truly the son of god uh, so that blood uh, needs to be poured out through you and me, Karen, to the whole world. But we have to enter into the blood. So if it's not an overwhelming image, but we do have to enter into the bloodbath. I have to regularly live within that blood of Christ, which cleanses me and restores me and allows me to give my life blood to others and draw them into the blood of Christ. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully stated. And I love that image. And I think it's so key and critical for people to really uh, remember and recognize that the blood of Jesus cleanses and strengthens. Cleanses and strengthens That's us. Right. We need both. We need to be cleansed and we need to be strengthened and fortified as we go out into the world. Amen, sister. That's very important. Many of us understand confession simply in terms of cleansing. But no, there's also a strengthening. That's why when I go to confession, I have a sincere uh, resolve, a sincere purpose of amendment um, to not fall into that sin again with the help of God's grace. You know, we pray in the in the uh, act of contrition. Um, and I firmly resolve with the help of your grace. Huh? That we, God's grace is going to give us that strength not to fall into this again. So that's right. It's not a mere cleansing for me, but it's a strengthening for me. So I just admitted all the faults, uh, commissions and omissions and my struggles, how I fall into sin or how I have fallen since my last confession. And now God not only cleanses me, but gives me strength in each of those areas where I can boldly go out and begin this new life with the blood of Christ being my strength. Yes, love it. Absolutely. And I'm thinking as you were speaking, 
we want to get stronger physically. You know, we want to work out. So we're going to lift weights or run, et cetera. If we want to get strong spiritually, we need to avail ourselves, obviously, of the sacraments, you know, Eucharist and Mass, as well as confession, so, or sacrament of reconciliation. And just, again, we see it on a physical level when, on a human level, we want to get stronger. So again, just encouraging people to take advantage of the sacraments. And at this time, I just want to quickly, uh, thank you, thank you, want to remind our listeners that they are listening to St. Joseph Radio uh, Presents. We are the Realm of the West, and our website is stjosephsradio.net, spelled out, S-A-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. If you'd like to receive a free CD of today's program, we simply ask that you contact us either at our website or at our phone number, uh, 636-447-6000, and we just simply ask that you pay for postage and handling. Otherwise, the CD is completely free, and you'll get more insights and information from Father Anthony Wick. So we are excited to share that with you. And we've been talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, looking at the devotion to these two hearts. So we thank you for your courteous uh, attention, and we'll be back after the station break. We thank you very much. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution, offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable. Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility and home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org that's k-o-l-b-e dot org or give them a call area code 707-255-6499 that's 707-255-6499 it's colby academy St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. <laughs> everyone. We are back. And again, in our studio audience is Father Anthony Wick. We've been talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and really unpacking that spirituality. And I just wanted to uh, ask Father to perhaps share with us an example, uh, one of the saints who's been living out this spirituality that we've been talking about. If you can share with us some uh, examples uh, from the saints of how to live out the spirituality you, you were describing. One very poignant example of living out this spirituality in a healthy way, we find in Therese of Lisieux, the great doctor of the church. And at the beginning of her religious life as a Carmelite, cloistered there, she 
was praying to the Lord about a certain murderer, uh, Pranzini was his name, who was uh, hated God, blasphemer against God. And she said, could I not, Lord, by your grace, with a lot of prayer and a lot of sacrifice, could you not convert him before he died? And I'm going to ask you, Lord, would you please give me a sign that all of my prayers and sacrifices that I'm about to offer for him actually... Uh, converted his heart. So she prayed for this. This is this was a notorious murderer, just a, a terror in the in the French culture of the day. And she um, so she begins uh, extensive prayers and sacrifices for this Pranzini, and he's going to the scaffold to be uh, guillotined. And and before he before he is killed, uh, he asks he he takes this crucifix from. Uh, uh, a priest nearby and kisses it three times and then um, moves on to the next life and is killed. So she took that as her sign that that prayer and sacrifice are irrefusable entryways into the heart of Christ. Prayer and sacrifice. So she she didn't ask for that from then on to always have the signs of what her prayer and sacrifice did, but she needed that that witness. We have uh, way back in 450 we have. Diodocus of Photichea. Diodocus has this wonderful quote I'd like to share with you. The measure of our love for God depends on how deeply aware we are of God's love for us. Hmm. Again, the measure of our love for God depends on how deeply aware we are of God's love for us. He's saying there that I need to be inundated with God's love. Let it flow over me and through me. And then I can love God back with an amazing love. That is so true. I have to be um, uh, just inundated with the love of God. I myself, I was 26 years old, running away from God, not wanting the religious life, not wanting the priesthood, not wanting the Jesuits, <laughs> for sure, um, and always having my plans of what I wanted God to bless, in my case, marriage and a big family. And it wasn't until I started letting go of all my attachments to my way of doing things that I wanted God to bless. I wanted God to come to my way of thinking. Um, and I started letting go of those things. And then here was the critical element, Karen. I entered into a lot of prayer. This was in a discernment house in Rome and allowed the love of God to overwhelm me. And as I was amazed and overwhelmed by that love of God, I began asking, how can I love you back, Lord, for your amazing love for me? I don't know why you love me so much. This is crazy how much you love me. It's ridiculous how much you love me. I'm a mess. <laughs> and he knows I'm a mess. That's true. But he loves me out of that messiness, huh? In, into wholeness. He loves me in my messiness to love me out of my messiness. As I began to ask the question, how can I love you back, Lord, for that amazing inundating love? It became very clear to me as a religious, as a Jesuit, and eventually as a priest. Oh, wow. And to this day, it's been the same. When I allow myself to be inundated with the love of God, I know my vocation. I know how I can better love him back. There are various ways of loving him back. Satan will always try to get me to do the lesser way. It mm -hmm. will have less effect in the church and in the world. But Christ will always lead me to the magis, St. Ignatius says, which is the better way uh, for me to give my life back to Christ. Lastly, uh, a quote from the Catechism, 1432. What a lovely quote this is. The human heart is converted by looking upon him whom our sins have pierced. The human heart is converted by looking upon him whom our sins have pierced. 
looking upon Christ, the one who's pierced, uh, looking at his pierced side, I, I recognize the amazing love of God, and I'm drawn into that love of God. This was a critical moment for St. John and his own complete conversion. Huh? Mary witnessed it also. I look upon him whom we have pierced. It's already prophesied in the Old Testament. They will look upon him whom they have pierced. This is actually the heart of the spirituality of one order nearby. Do you know who I'm speaking of? The Franciscan Sisters of the Martyr St. George. Right. That's the heart of their their spirituality is this looking upon the, the pierced side of Jesus, what God did for us to the very end. He gave his very water and blood imaging water, baptism, blood, mm-hmm. Eucharist, giving to the very end. He gave absolutely. He had nothing left to give. He gave absolutely everything. And it's that that leads me to conversion that I'm called to give everything. In marriage, we experience that. Children call us to give everything night and day. They have taking care of them and working with their their needs. Um, and so to religious life, uh, the vowed life, both lives call us to give of ourselves. And we're going to need God's help to give of ourselves. We need we need to hold on to that, that cross of Christ. I often recommend for couples I'm preparing for marriage that when they extend their right hand and offer their vows with their mm-hmm. left hand, they hold on to this crucifix. Mm-hmm. There's a wonderful little video about that called uh, Vows Over a Crucifix. There's a couple in Bosnia-Herzegovina that, that speak yes. about this. But it's that the strength of the crucifix that's going to be the source of their strength of living out these vows of total self-gift. I love you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. Don't let this part. And then you take that crucifix and put it above your marriage bed. Similarly, I also have a vow crucifix that uh, I've pledged my life to God. I keep that right next to my bed. I I kiss it every night. I need his help (laughs) Mm -hmm. to live the next day with complete self-gift. And that will go on my uh, tombstone. Very, very well said. I, I like what you said about on self. My mm-hmm. Sorry. Par- pardon me? On my grave, I should oh, say. On your grave, my, my grave, not tombstone grave. Box uh, on my <laughs> coffin. There, <laughs> there you go. go. There you go. That's right. Good, good. I know what you, I know what you meant. Absolutely. That makes us a, a mantra and a motto to live by that we embrace and absorb into our being. And something that you said struck me a moment ago when you were in the silence praying about how the love of God um, overwhelmed you or over, was overflowing into your spirit. And I think for me what stood out was when we have a posture of humility Mm. when we're down on our knees with our palms up saying Lord lead me guide me show me Mm. that's when his love um, overflows us and we can receive it we're in a place to receive it because we're doing this from a posture of humility which Mm. also uh, brings up another thought in mind that you mentioned too about um, confession the sacrament of reconciliation so we can be down on our knees asking for direction and wisdom but we want to make sure that our heart is as open and our soul is as clean as possible hence the confession piece someone had shared with me an analogy would sort of like sinister sort of like dirt on a windshield you can drive your car down the road but it's a little bit harder to see clearly when we've got the dirt on the windshield mm-hmm. and so we need to remove that dirt from our windshield or we need to remove the sin from our heart via the sacrament of reconciliation and confession and get that uh, cleansed and absolved uh, beautiful beautiful yeah and confession i One of the greatest uh, theological insights I've read on confession is the fact that it's Christ confessing our sins to the Father. So it's appropriate name for that sacrament that Mm -hmm. we make present Christ's confession. So he's confessing they're not his own sins, but he carries upon himself all our sin, confessing those to the Father. And so we take ownership for our sin and even any connection we have with the sin of the world. We also offer that up. Uh, a sin of our kids, whatnot. We, we confess all the sin uh, as an offering to God so that not only will it be taken from us, 
but will be strengthened and, and, and cleansed there. Yeah, so the sacrament of confession is pivotal there. There's a story of, a, of this man who comes up to this priest and he says, Father, I find you Catholics hypocritical. Hmm. You don't live everything you believe. And the priest thinks to himself and he says, you know, you're right. Come join us. You'll fit right in. <laughs> and what I love the, it. What the priest is saying to this man is, we have the remedies for hypocrisy. All human beings struggle with hypocrisy of being two-faced. I, I show one side, but I'm kind of living another. We all struggle with not being coherent uh, in our own spiritual. I don't live out everything I believe. That's why I need the opposite of that. Catholicism provides the remedy for that mm -hmm. hypocrisy. And confession in particular, as you're mm -hmm. saying, because I come clean, I say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, I have done this and this and this and this, and I haven't done that and that and that and that. By the way, as we get older, our confession should get longer <laughs> because we're confessing more sins of omission. No longer sure. commission, but omission. All the, Who do I not pray for? When do I not pray for my enemies? When do I not pray for the 100 and, uh, what is it, an extra 140 million uh, uh, people will die of starvation because of the economic shutdowns of COVID. I was just learning yesterday, 370 Nigerians are being macheted mm. every month now uh, because they're being Christian. Oh, it's Lord. only because they're being Christian. huh? So um, by these fanatics, um, Muslim fanatics, it's really a sad thing. We need to pray for our, our brothers and sisters in the faith, now South American farmers too. It's, uh, it's spreading. The persecution against Christians, right and left, is spreading, but that, that won't meet the media narrative. So it's kind of like the, the dirty little secret. But you and I need to pray for, for those uh, right. brothers and sisters who are suffering so greatly. But the point here being that uh, confession provides the remedy for mm -hmm. hypocrisy. We live this um, new grace of openness and, and transparency with our Lord. So we ought to use that sacrament regularly and often to be... Yes be renewed. And just one other final point to piggyback on what you were just saying. Uh, for the listeners out there who maybe have not uh, been to confession in a while or they're a little bit apprehensive, it's wonderful. Uh, like a, a spiritual car wash. Sorry, I'm using all these visual analogies here where you feel cleansed and strengthened and renewed. And it's not scary and it's not embarrassing. It's very uplifting, very fortifying. Uh, and then you have this, the not only absolution, but you have um, wisdom to go forward and a, and a penance to sets you on the right path, if you will. And just, I really, uh, I love to the examine of conscience. That's very helpful. Mm -hmm. the, that can be found online or also with a number of churches. They have that on their website that helps mm -hmm. people prepare their heart. And to your point, looking at not only sins of commission, but sins of omission. Mm -hmm. Who do we fail to pray for? And we need to up our game and cover those individuals in prayer, whether they're in our own family, our own churches, neighborhoods, or they are across the ocean in another country. Who do we need to pray for for protection and strength so yes. i think that's just a very uh critical critical point yes uh confession is is as i receive the blood of christ and that cleansing blood of christ i'm also energized if you will i'm 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 given the strength of christ now to begin this new life i walk out of the confessional with with a godly strength to begin this new life i, I often say as people are leaving enjoy your new life <laughs> <laughs> i love it how do they respond because it is a new life they're <laughs> right, kind of they're usually surprised <laughs> but it is it's not uh, going back to the old it's not uh they, they, they're given a new strength huh, to begin a new life. And they may have to come back to confession again. And by the way, we are, your point about confession was so beautiful, how liberating and restorative it is. Go find a priest. Go anywhere across town, whatever. Go to the 
uh, to where you can just put it out there. You're talking to the Lord. You're, you're right. taking ownership for your things. As soon as you take ownership for them, he carries them on the cross and he uh, deposes of them. But you are now freed. And so that's exactly what he wants. And you're fulfilling the desire of his heart. I said that his heart thirsts. This sacred heart of mm-hmm. Jesus that he proffers to us is a thirsty heart. He wants to draw us into it uh, so that we can be cleansed. He wants to see us flourish. He wants to mm-hmm. see us thrive. And Absolutely. so long as I'm, as Father Anthony struggles with sin and selfishness, I'm not thriving. And so he, he's like, Father Anthony, come to me. Come to me. Confess the, the struggles, those sins of commission and omission you, you, you're falling into. Come to me. I, I want to not only take those upon myself and, and drop them off in the depths of Hades, if you will, mm-hmm. but I want to give you that strength to be the priest that you're called to be, to draw uh, others into my life. That's what he wants. He has a profound desire of his heart to, for intimacy with me. If I would say yes to that and, and allow myself to be drawn there. This is also very Eucharistic, of course. So in the Eucharist, too, we're drawn into the heart of Christ. It's not so much us receiving the Eucharist as being drawn into the heart of Christ, Mm -hmm. Pope Benedict says. And they're restored and sent out. Sent out. That's what the Mass means. Ita misa est. Uh, I am sent out. Ite misa est. Sent out. uh, Restored, whole, renewed, sent out into the world to bring life. Right. That's beautiful. Absolutely. And as we're cleansed and strengthened, and then we're being sent out into the world uh, to renew and restore life, I think it's important to realize that we're called to speak the truth with love. We're not called to do something that's maybe uh, outside of our normal realm. In other words, I want to reassure people that evangelization is easier than maybe than they think. It's yes. not quite so scary, right, you know, yeah. that you can do it. So God will yeah. use your temperaments, your intellect, your mm-hmm. personality, your mm-hmm. will, your station in life. And so just to relax and be open and he will lead you. It's not like you have to have it all figured out, nor is he calling you to do something that's completely scary and out of your comfort zone. He he may be doing that, but usually you will know if he's doing that. Usually he's not. Usually day to day in our ordinary lives, that's how we will evangelize and touch others. It's a very good point. You don't have to be learned. You don't have to have read many books on evangelization. You don't have to be trained and go through a seminar or whatnot. Give a testimony to your faith. Why why do you practice what what you do? Why do you go to Mass on Sundays? Why do you go to confession. What difference does that make in your life? Give that testimony. Huh? What kind of prayers or devotions do you like? What what brings life to you? Give testimony to the life that's within you. So you're right. You don't have to, don't overthink this. Just, just be authentic and share your faith. As my little sister said to us, older siblings, when we were in college, she would write a little note and she would say, now don't keep the faith, spread it. I love it. Don't keep the faith. Spread it. That's great. And along those lines, I know we've got about another uh, 30 seconds before I have an ID here. I wanted to um, say different ways you can spread the faith that are maybe easy. I've seen students do this. It's uh, faith art, if you will. T-shirts that say Mm. faith over fear. And you actually have the words faith and then uh, over fear. And the fear is below that. Mm. Or coffee mugs. You can have that at work. You know, have a a coffee mug that has word art or religious art or scripture verses. I think so there's ways to spread the faith that involve us to give an actual testimony but maybe starting out if there's another way to do that again just looking at word art t-shirt art coffee mug art etc and at this point I do want to remind our listeners that they are listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents we are broadcasting live from St. Charles Missouri our uh, guest today is Father Anthony Wick and the topic we've been looking at the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and living out that spirituality in our daily lives and lastly I just want to also point out that uh, you can reach us here at St. Joseph's Radio at 636- 
437-6000. That's 636-447-6000. You can request a free CD of today's program. We just kindly ask that you help us with postage and handling. Otherwise, the program is completely free. What a great reference to have uh, going forward and or to share with a friend or family member. All right. Thank you. So now we're... Yeah, call in and ask a question. They answer our call. Right, right. Uh, okay. I, I, not today, but they will. Not they can today. call. Oh, okay. After the program, they can ask a question. Good. All right. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, right. So, um, yeah. Any other thoughts or uh, examples uh, from the faith about people really living out the spirituality that might be helpful and inspiring to others? Certainly. Um, we, we do have many examples of all the saints have been able to surrender their hearts into the heart of Christ. Uh, their their model, the model of Mary's heart. Mary, by the way, is not so amazing for her singular gifts of being immaculately conceived, of being assumed into heaven, body and soul. Those are, those are singular gifts given her, which are amazing in themselves. But that's not why we, we extol her and venerate her as the, the greatest of humans. That's not why. It's, it's actually has more to do with her openness to the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to help her even in difficult situations to ponder what God is doing and to keep re-entrusting herself to the plan of God. It's the her openness, her constant openness to the Holy Spirit, allowing his inspirations to be the source of her own, uh, her, of every action she does. That trusting, even when her son's staying at home for 30 years, maybe that was hard as a mother, I don't know. Um, and then he's only three years alive in his ministry uh, before he's killed. There's, there's She's constantly trusting the Holy Spirit is going to draw something out of this. So she's standing at the foot of the cross. It's not that she understood, but that she's trusting uh, that as she's seeing the love of the Father revealed in the pierced heart of her son, that God's doing something amazing here. It's the Holy Spirit always praying from within her. She, she, she sinks her prayer within the Holy Spirit praying from within her. The Holy Spirit always is the gift of God, the third person in God, huh? mm -hmm. the most mysterious one in God, mm -hmm. is a gift given us. And he utters his yes back to the Father. Hmm? He's constantly pointing us, pointing us towards Jesus to lead us back to the Father. He utters his divine yes, capital Y, we'll say, mm -hmm. but always soliciting from us our own human yes. Our small Y yes needs to insert itself within the big Y divine yes of the Holy Spirit praying from within us. I'm sorry if that's a lot, but that's what that's Mary right. does so perfectly. Right. She inserts her small Y yes because mm -hmm. she's just a human too, but she constantly does that. That's what's amazing to me about the Blessed Mother is how in tune she is with the Holy Spirit spirit in every situation and that means you and I can be the same Absolutely. we really can Absolutely. Yeah. I love that and just I'm thinking of those nesting dolls how the yeses are nested uh, our little yes inside of the bigger yes mm. and we would do that the the fruits and the strength and it's almost as we're uh, polishing up our spiritual armor so we're being shored up and fortified to continue to go out in the world and evangelize in big and little ways and just as we do that yes what I love is Jesus I trust in you Jesus I trust in you mm -hmm. Jesus I trust in you, that we can say that as we go forward in our own lives. So as we give our own yes, modeled after Mary's yes, yes. that then we can continue as a step out in faith with courage yes. to say, Jesus, yes. I trust in you. Thank you for that, Karen. I would, I would say one of the greatest gifts we can do is to be okay not knowing how something's going to turn out. When I'm nervous about something, I'm anxious about something, whether a beloved one who's off the track or whatnot, to surrender that, to be okay not knowing how this is all going to turn out or some issue. Maybe I have a health issue now. Mm -hmm. I'm not exercising as you were inviting me to do earlier. <laughs> no, just kidding. 
um, I, I have some health issue or whatever. I don't know what's going on with my family, some, something that's deep on my heart or in the world. And so to be okay not knowing that and to choose to surrender that too to the Lord. And of my loved ones, I think the most powerful prayer we can do is to surrender them to the Sacred Heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then sever the connections in the sense that I make a prayer and I don't pull them back to myself, but I like, Lord, that, that worry I have on my heart, I totally surrender to you. So I make this offering of my child, my beloved one that I'm concerned about to the Lord to let him deal with. Um, that's, a, that's, that's the call, is that, that kind of radical self-giving. Um, and, and I find it's, it's the the prayer that the Lord, you know, never will refuse because it's a, it's an offering prayer. It's totally giving of this person back to the Lord. And it's a, it's a prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord always, he promises, will always hear any of our prayers that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. He will never, never say no to any one of those. And we can even move mountains with any prayer to the Holy Spirit. I love it. And again, it's that he's answering that prayer of humility. We just have to realize that he answers prayers uh, in these three ways. I've, I've seen this and heard this before. And I and correct me if I'm missing out from a theological perspective, because you're, you're the, you're so the far expert. So, good. so far, so good. Okay, this is good. But answers prayers, you know, three ways. Yes, which is very obvious, because then you see, you know, uh, quickly the results of the answer to your prayer. Yeah, yes. Um, not yet. So it's a timing not issue. Mm -hmm. And a delay is not necessarily a denial. That's oh, what I good. like to share with folks. It's, it's not necessarily that's a denial. So it's not yet. And then the, the fourth way is no. But it's not just a flat out no. It's no, I have something even better planned for your life. Excellent. Wow, that's good. I couldn't have said that better. So, oh. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I didn't make it up. That's I can't claim credit really for it, but I, but I love it. It gives me hope because then it's yes. not, not yet. yet. And no, no, because I have something better. Yes. That's correct. Love it. Thank you. I do, That's I think good. It was, thank you. I, it gives me hope. And again, I, I didn't make it up, but it, it resonates with me, and it makes sense because it's, it's mm -hmm. the truth. And I'm kind of one of these practical people where I like bullet points or one, two, three, or ways to kind of get my arms around those things and to apply it in my, my own life. That's excellent for our listeners. Yeah. yeah very very you. practical, something we can hang we, our hat on. Hang our hat on. That's right. And um, a couple other things, too, along those lines is to realize that God has a perfect will, uh, things he wills and things he allows. Oh. And for people to to realize too that courageously if it's if he allows something again it's for a greater glory to build up his kingdom and to have courage and faith as we step out there and we're looking at you know yes not yet or no I have something better planned so again just looking at uh, our prayer process so I know we're getting very close go ahead I think we've got about a minute uh, left so please if there's yes, some additional in, insights in the craziness of our world I think that that notion of the perfect will of God the original will has no plan for sin no no desire that we would fall away from grace and yet so often and this is happening. But God, in his greatness, draws about some greater good. This starts with Augustine all the way through Aquinas, talking about God wouldn't allow evil unless he drew about some greater good. So there's a, there's a trustiness that we surrender this messiness of the world around us to God, asking for him to draw order out of the chaos. We do provide the chaos, but the Holy Spirit's hovering over the chaos, and somehow he's going to make this into something better. It may involve some persecution, though. That might be part of the better, uh, where we really find our faith again and give witness to it. Right. 
Very well said. And during that time of persecution, that's why, again, just the mantras, you know, Jesus, I trust in you, knowing it's offered the greater glory. And he will not lead us somewhere where he cannot sustain us. That is so true. We are getting close. I want to make a few announcements and ask you to close us in prayer. Uh, Very briefly, again, St. Joseph's Radio. Uh, If you like a free CD from today's program with Father Anthony Wick, please do call us at 636-447-6000. That's 636-447-6000. is free. And again, we just uh, politely and kindly request that you help us out with postage and handling. Otherwise, this is uh, your CD to have and to share. And uh, we want to uh, close out our prayer, excuse me, close out our program with a prayer. So Father, if you could uh, wrap us up here, please. Uh, Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and loving God, thank you so much for your presence here today. We ask that you would open up our hearts to receive this amazing love you offer us through your sacred heart, that our hearts would be more and more conformed to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, receiving you as a gift and living the sacrificial gift herself, that we too would Im- image her as we love you. Amen. Amen. From the Son of the Holy Spirit, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.